Welcome to the Love in Progress podcast, where we deep dive into self-reflection and healing as a catalyst for better relationships and leadership. I am your host and educator, Nina, and I'm here to be a guide to you in that process. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. The topic today that we are going to talk about is one that I have been oddly obsessed with over the last month. After hearing this quote, perhaps you have heard it as well. People will choose a familiar hell over an unfamiliar heaven. Have you heard that before? This quote really has bothered me because I have thought specifically about situations in my life where I was literally living in my own personal hell and having to think about going back to that situation and continuing to live in it makes me physically ill. I, it was something that I had to expel myself out of so much because it was just that, a living hell every day. And so it really bothered me hearing this quote because I didn't want to believe it. I feel like there have been many times when I've purposefully left a hell, not knowing there would be a heaven, but needing to leave it because it wasn't working for me anymore. And yet I know there are so many individuals that kind of live and float into this space of familiarity, even though it's not really serving them. And so I want to dive into some of the psychology behind that today and how we can break this cycle so that you can live every day in your personal heaven. Sound good? (laughs) So let me talk to you a little bit about this. I went and did some research around this essentially science-based belief that people will literally statistically choose a familiar, less desirable option than something better if it isn't something they have used before. For instance, there are some incredible studies out there that talk about the the first one that was done was a, a mug. People were given a mug and 89% of them would keep it in the idea of being presented with a different, probably better mug, but they couldn't see it. Crazy, right? Crazy. 89% kept their mug. Likewise, in another study, they found that 80% of people wanted to stick with the toothpaste that they were using, even if they found or were introduced to another toothpaste that was clinically proven to help be better for them. Uh, 70% of individuals on a certain cell phone plan were unwilling to switch to a new cell phone plan, even though it had better coverage and a better price point. You're seeing what I'm seeing, right? This is what we call the endowment effect. It's essentially that we ascribe a higher value to losing something than we do to obtaining something that could be better. Oh, interesting, huh? It's also called the loss aversion theory, which I feel like kind of resonates with me Um, because it's true. We get really obsessive over the idea that losing what we have for the chance at something better is too risky. Maybe you can reflect even with me now at a time in your life where you were in a relationship that wasn't serving you, a job that wasn't serving you, a religious affiliation that wasn't serving you, a house that wasn't serving you. And yet it felt too risky to change up that situation 
because you didn't know what the next steps would look like. You didn't know if the, a replacement would be better. Let me be vulnerable with you for a second. <laughs> I have been in this situation where I was in a relationship that was okay. Honestly, it was okay. It wasn't great, but I had this really severe self-abusive tendencies that put me with such a low position in my self-esteem that I genuinely thought I couldn't do better, that this person was golden in the eyes of most people that knew him. And yet in our relationship, I wasn't thriving. And here's the worst part. I was willing to look past that. (laughs) I thought this is about as good as it's going to get. But really what ultimately ended up ending that relationship was him and his belief that he could find something better than me, which was like a knife to the heart. It was really, really, really hard for me to go through. But I had to admire him in that moment because we cling so much to the familiar, to that part that we know isn't working, but we don't know if something else will work better. Man, this can be a mindset trap, can't it? Man, this could be a progress staller, can't it? And even just being aware that we have this natural tendency, this loss aversion tendency can help us be aware of opportunities where we may be implementing this to our detriment. So one thing I I really found super interesting in some of my research, so my background's in, in social psychology and my undergraduate and relationships, and then my graduate work was more specialized in psychology. And I'm a little bit, that's an understatement, a lot of bit a social <laughs> psychology nerd. I love talking about how individuals act within groups. And one of the coolest uh, social psychology research pieces of information that I found regarding the endowment effect was this belief, actually the, the explaining of why we hold on to this endowment effect, this loss aversion theory is actually based on attachment and identity, which is a huge theme for this podcast. (laughs) How we identify and understand self is such a huge indicator for many of our decisions and our relationships and our interactions and our beliefs. Uh, Because when we understand our identity to be a certain way, We act more in congruence to that identity than anything else. It's the greatest predictor of our behavior is our self-identity. So let me tell you what this connection-based or attachment theory uh, posed when it came to this loss aversion theory. People form an emotional attachment to things that they own that extends beyond the item's material value. That once a person owns an item, it becomes a part of their self-identity. Thus, losing the item through selling it or releasing it or trading it is emotionally perceived as a threat to who they are. Crazy. Crazy that we do this with our possessions, but even crazier that we do this with things that are meant to evolve, like relationships, like our job, our housing situation, uh, businesses, if if we're starting into that, our leadership abilities, our influence. 
we cling so much to what we have that we're unwilling to see the potential expansion that comes when we release the old and welcome in the new. And if I have learned anything over the last four to six months on my own personal spiritual self journey, it's that we are meant to evolve. We are meant to attach ourselves to things, habits, people, situations for a season only. In the season that it matches our vibration, our belief structures, our needs at the time. And then when we evolve, we're meant to let go of that stuff. We're meant to release it, welcome in, and then create our next new attachments. And I had this epiphany (laughs) that so many times I have clung tightly to these things that I had before because I simply had invested so much in them that it felt like a massive loss, a massively unwise decision to let go of it, even though it wasn't serving my evolved self anymore. It got me thinking a lot about marriage relationships and how the importance of evolution and then consequently like individual evolution and then consequently evolution and expansion in the relationship, they've got to stick together. Otherwise you're clinging to something old that was created in an old mindset in an old being. And so that evolution is beautiful. It's meant to be discovered and expanded in our relationships, in our life. And so holding on to the old really forces us to stay in that stagnant energy. And I think so many times we rerun these negative thought cycles, these negative habits, just to keep those old results because they're familiar. And as I've started to wrap my head around this, I hope you are too, as you're listening to this, that quote started to make so much more sense. People will choose a familiar hell over an unfamiliar heaven. And even yet, I found some really interesting statistics, specifically a study by Levitt um, with 22,000 people that gave them the opportunity to release the old and start into a like a big new life decision. This study had them look at questions that ranged in seriousness, okay? Some that were more serious, like, should I start a business? Should I go into a new job? Should I propose to, you know, all the way down to, should I grow facial hair? (laughs) And they left it to a coin toss and had these people move forward with these decisions, large and small, based on the coin toss. And let me tell you what they found. This is going to blow your mind. The study found That for the important decisions, the ones that were on the range of much more meaningful and impactful, like quitting a job or ending a relationship or moving those things forward, individuals who were told by the coin toss to make that change, they were more likely to be more satisfied with their decision and happier. They were happier for making the change, big ones, than any of those that were instructed to just stick with what they had. Now, it's such an an odd abstract challenge, 
But I think it's important to note, it even says here, overwhelmingly, the people who made a change were more content than those who didn't. So if we know we have a tendency to stick with what we know, but we also know that we're evolving individuals that are likewise going to need an evolved decision-making platform stream flow. And we know statistically that when we make big changes like that, we're going to likely have a positive response from it. Why do we continue to do it? Why do we continue to stay in that hell? Well, it's because there may be a few strategies that just need to get us over that hump of releasing the familiar and welcoming in the unfamiliar. And I'm really excited to narrow it down for you to one word. You want to know the thing that's going to help you break the cycle of sticking with what's there for you but isn't best for you? It's hope. It's hope that there's something better on the other side of letting go of what you have. And hope has been this thread in my life that I have found that when I cling to it, when I cling to the belief that there is something better coming and that as I get in a place to feel ready to receive it, to feel worthy to receive it, to release those self-abusive beliefs that I can't ever find better, as I get in that place of living, embodying, visualizing, breathing, hope that it overbalances the fear. Because that's ultimately what the endowment effect is. It's a fear of losing something good, even though we know there's potential for something better. Oh, I'm getting so hyped up by this because there are elements in my life right now that I can see that I have been holding myself back because I'm clinging to the familiar. If you are as well, I want you to take a moment and just journal down a couple areas that you feel this tug towards the past, that you're clinging to a cycle, an item, a relationship, an experience that just isn't serving you anymore and see how you can tip the scales to build more hope. Now you're probably like, well, how do I build hope in something I don't know I will have or can have or understand the expansiveness and the goodness of it if I don't have it? Well, that's a legit point. (laughs) So what do you do? For me, it's building in that identity of a believer that there is trust in myself. Trust that as I stay in that good, happy, aligned joyous place that I will have through attraction, new opportunities that I will in my core feel drawn to. And when I feel in my mind like, wow, that sounds exciting. I I want to explore that. I follow it. I listen to that gut intuition 
knowing that even in the exploration, even if I don't choose the item or the thing or the situation, the relationship to move forward with, the exploration of it is worth my while if I have the excitement. Many a time I have found in my mentees that they make a decision through excitement and then have a quote unquote buyer's remorse of that decision. And I always go back to that first emotion. Where was the hope? Where was the excitement? If it was there, if it was elevated, if it was a 10 out of 10, then it's still not wrong. It's time to release some of the fears, the worries of leaving the familiar and clinging to the hope. What were you excited about when you got started? What were you anticipating could be the results if you moved forward in this uncomfortable way? And then getting back to that place of high excitement and low fear. That is where your power lies because those emotions are key. They are educators. They are a compass to help guide you in those next steps. So other conditional ways that I try to actively implement hope is visualization in the best outcomes. (laughs) Visualizing, believing, pouring all my focus and energy into the best case scenario around this excited new thing that I am holding in my mind and in my heart helps me to elevate, expound, and exponentially grow the hope. I also think it's meaningful to break apart the components of what you're letting go and the reasons why it's not serving you anymore. I don't like to spend a lot of time in the why I need to leave something, (laughs) but if I'm having that balance challenge between the hope and the fear especially of letting go of something, I look back and say, well, these are the elements that don't feel aligned anymore. And having an opportunity to reflect on that, journal on that, wow, it gives me a lot of clarity. Recapping here, you are meant to evolve. You have a great heaven in front of you. The only thing that's holding you back is this human tendency to keep what you have. And I'm here to tell you that in many cases, it's not the best to keep it forever. And I would challenge you to challenge those experiences and relationships, things, situations that you're getting that little feeling that you have maybe outgrown and look and see if there's a pivot path go exploring, be curious, be communicative with the people that are supporting you in those experiences or relationships and say, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm drawn to evolve here. And I'd love your support. Now going back to the relationships, I think it's important to touch on this because I'm a hundred percent loyal to my husband. (laughs) I love that man. Oh, And he is all that's right and good in the world. I have had a clear discussion with him and he has returned the sentiment that I want to share with you about relationships because you're like, well, what if I'm in a committed relationship with a spouse? 
you know, with my children and I feel like I've evolved out of it. What do I do then? (laughs) Communication is the key, but let me go back to this sentiment. My husband and I (laughs) have laid it on the table that we can leave each other. It probably sounds crazy, but I truly believe that if we evolve in different ways where the relationship is no longer serving us, it's not a match anymore, then it's best for us to not be together. However, I really want to stay with my husband and I really want him to grow and I really want to grow too. So we make growth together in our relationship a priority. And we've been together 17 years now. And I will tell you, we are not the same people as when we got together 17 years ago. And thank the Lord we aren't. (laughs) And because of that, over time, with high communication, with openness, with in-depth conversations about what is changing and evolving with us individually, we have been able to maintain that closeness and our relationship has evolved so much so that I feel a richer connection to my husband now than I did the day I married him. And I'm so grateful that we have built a relationship that is evolving because I feel a great emotional connection In that marriage and in that relationship, I feel a great fulfillment in it, even though I know I've changed and he has changed. So hopefully that can provide a climate of reconciliation with the principle I'm teaching if you want to stay committed in your relationships. (laughs) So in closing, I want to just talk to you about how you have evolved. You have had breakthroughs and exciting transitions and transformations in your life. And I'm so proud of you for that. It's time that you surround yourself with things, people, places, situations, environments that match your energy now. Don't waste time living in the past and with things that you have clung to because they're familiar. Follow your heart. Follow your intuition, follow that gut feeling, and follow your joy to create joy now, fulfillment now, contentment now, stability, excitement, peace now. I know that you can build a world that is a reflection of your current vibration and your current belief structures, and you deserve a world where you are adored a world where you enjoy waking up every day. You can look forward to the environments that you step into, the future that's going to come, even though you don't have all the details of it, you're excited about it. You deserve all of that. I believe it for you. And I want you so much in this moment to believe it for yourself too, because you are worthy. You are good. You are deserving of all the best things in your life. And as you seek that growth, new opportunities will come to you, will be attracted to you. I believe it. So that's the message that I have for you today. As usual, I would love for you to do some personal reflection. How is it that I am sticking with things that may be familiar, but are causing me personal distress and pain? What do I need to do to increase my hope and faith 
in the greater good that is just on this threshold of letting go of the old familiar and stepping into this beautiful new potential. And then take those small, important, meaningful steps forward to make that new, wonderful, expansive, reflective of your growth place. I'm here for you, rooting for you. This is part of your best life. And I know you can get there. I know that you can create it and I know you're ready. Don't forget to live your best life, okay? Living well, looking well, being well. I'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks friend for tuning in today and investing in your own growth. I'm proud of you. Now, remember, personal development can be inspiring and uplifting to listen to, but won't change your life until you put the learning into practice. That's where my mentorship and coursework comes in. If you're looking for accountability and real results in your life right now, then I'm here to help. Head to my website, allthingsnina.com, and explore options that will best fit you, whether that's self-guided through prompts and coursework or with my assistance through personalized wellness mentorship. Remember, your best well life awaits. You just have to build it. Let's do it together. I'm rooting for you.